1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5. And 1280, the zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom, telecom, excuse me, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at Networks.net. It's time for what's going on, where we play highlights, the big opinions, uh, opinions, and news, and sometimes some other stuff across the Zone Sports Network. Gordo, you ready to get your uh, get things started? Let's do it. All right, let's start with Hanson talking about uh, Poison Gate. You know, I had a
2: thought in this whole thing, and that was how exactly do you go about poisoning a pizza? Just enough that it makes them really sick, yes, but not too much to kill them? I mean, you
3: can't like go buy a bottle of E. coli somewhere. Like, what, what do you do?
2: That's that. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, d- d- you can't open up a, an expanded can of olives that have botulism and only put four or five olives on it because we don't want to make we don't want to kill
3: him. We don't want to kill him, but we just want to make him sick.
2: You're gonna to have to have a scientist in a pizza, in some pizza place, saying, no, nah, that's a little bit too much arsenic." Yes. And then uh, <laughs> slim it back just a little bit. Like, <laughs> how do you poison a guy to the point where all he's doing is puking if it's an intentional poisoning?
3: And 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 here's the thing: like, if you, uh, like, if you get a little bit of lead time. You know, maybe you can know like, hey, Michael Jordan's going to be ordering a pizza two days from now. Let's let the uh, let's leave the marinara sauce and the cheese out overnight for the last, for the next two nights. But here you got you get an order, and all of a sudden you get a, a pizza place like, oh, we got an order to Michael Jordan's room. We got to make him sick. Ready go? Because we got to have it there in thirty minutes or less, or It's free.
2: You're not getting the right kind like, of sick on that pizza.
0: <laughs> oh, but maybe they have a, a box that's for that says poison on it. Yeah, uh, You got a set box the, in there for that.
3: For, for that certain people. Yeah, come on, people do it like. Everybody's like, we got to find this pizza. All these national people are like, we got to find this pizza. It doesn't exist. That's why it's never been named. It would have been named. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's be honest here. Gordon Hayward's wife threw a place under the bus just like that. Yeah, I was going to say. And and they played for the Jazz. You dig
2: enough, and you're going to find the place that poisoned Hayward.
3: Michael Jordan is the most vindictive, uh, petty individual on the planet. If a pizza place made him sick, he would have sat in a press conference and said, Joe Schmuckatelli pies made me sick, and it, that is why I'm sick. And if it was a franchise, the whole franchise—oh, you would have burned it to the ground and owned it. There's just no way. I don't
2: understand why they would decide to go with the I was sick off pizza. So now, uh, it, it, the the flu shoes are those now the pizza shoes? Yeah, I guess so. Do those shoes? Those shoes probably become more valuable. I bet those shoes would go for nearly a half million dollars. He should have stuck with the flu. Man, flu was far more believable. He got hundred thousand dollars off of them, yeah. but there'd be five hundred. Flu is more believable, but the Vegas one is the one I believe the most.
3: Yeah, I mean that that thing's been floating around for forever.
2: Basically, jumped on a flight, hit Vegas, was back that night or something. Yeah. I, I've heard a couple of different renditions of it, but. There's just no way that, well, unless, unless it was truly, it, it would not have been an intentional poisoning. It could have been an unintentional food poisoning, but then, you know, you talk about length of food poisoning to set in and, and just how bad it can get. It does not feel like it was food poisoning to me.
3: No. No. I'm not. I was. I was dying laughing when I watched that last night. I'm like you've got to be kidding me. Well, really? They did it all serious too. Oh, I know. I was like, good. I saw that pizza. I'm like Michael, I've got a bad feeling about this. Shut up. But here, go ahead and eat it. But yeah, go ahead and eat go it. Go ahead. You're responsible for all things related to Michael Jordan's health. But you got a pizza that you don't feel good about. You're like, okay, but Michael, tear through that thing. Go ahead. Stop it.
4: Hmm. <laughs> so, it, bravo, this, bravo, man! Those guys, they nailed it.
1: Uh, I would buy the, uh, I would buy the poisoning before the Vegas one.
4: Uh, yeah, there was no mention of that, was there?
1: <laughs> no mention of what? Scotty and Hans talked about a, it.
4: A, a trip to Vegas? No, I mean during the doc, during the the episode. Right,
1: right. I, I don't think that that was the case. I, I think it was. Uh, uh, I I think hmm, there there could have been a different story behind it, but I'd buy the poisoning before the Vegas one.
4: I I don't know. I, I I okay. There there. I can't definitively say that there was no food poisoning. Food poisoning happens sometimes, but not the way that they constructed it in this thing. Hey, what? Whoa! What's going on with me?
0: Oh, William! What's going on is that you just drank a cup of poison. <laughs>
1: I mean, hey, uh, and by the way, uh, as far as figuring out how they would poison Michael Jordan, hey, this is why I don't send food back. I'm just assuming that a a chef that is, uh, you know, worth his salt certainly would be aware of what could poison a customer and what doesn't. Right.
4: I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen sometimes. But these guys made it sound like it was intentional, and that there was a whole crew of guys that went to deliver the pizza to watch Michael Jordan drop dead on the on the uh, on the hotel room floor. He
0: just drank a cup of poison. <laughs> I mean, come on.
4: I, you know, it's so funny because yesterday I happened to be watching <laughs> Bonanza reruns on one of those TV shows, one of those TV channels that plays old old. And I was watching Bonanza. I haven't watched an episode of Bonanza in probably 30 years. And I'm watching this episode of Bonanza. And it's Hoss and some scout who are helping the uh, cavalry get across the salt flats of all places. The freaking salt flats. And, they, and the, the guide has to get them across. And he has to take them to the, uh, to the, to the water holes. And there's a bad guy who's out in front of him poisoning the water holes. And he just sloshes in a little poison, you know. And when the guy finally, one of the one of the cavalry guys says to Hoss, uh, I, I, I got to have some water. And he, he jumps into the water hole and he didn't jump into it. He jumps into his he sticks his face in it. And like two he's seconds later, of poison two seconds <laughs> later, he's dead. I mean, literally, within five seconds, the guy is dead as a doornail. And then I'm watching the Jordan thing, and uh, there you know, he uh, is. I'm just thinking to myself, I agree with Hanson Who, Who came up with this idea? And how did they know just the right thing to put in there so that Jordan, uh, he could still play, and he could still be made out to be a freaking superhero, but it didn't uh, affect him in the next game?
1: I think they were uh, aiming for not being able to play. Would be my guess. Uh,
4: I, I just I don't know. I, he just drank thing. a cup of poison.
1: <laughs> and then the way it was
4: presented in the in the in the show was like, oh yeah, I mean, five guys showed up, you know, and uh, you know, and, and and I told Jordan not to eat the pizza. Well, I mean, if you're in charge of that, then you're probably suspicious of everything Jordan ever eats,
1: right? I think, Austin, you and I should try and poison Gordon somehow and see if it works. Just in well, case. Just to, I'm like,
4: not going to belittle food poisoning. I mean, it does happen sometimes, and it does. Austin, have you been have you had a victim of food oh, poisoning yeah. before? Yes, yes, I mean, yes. It's no fun. It's no fun. But but to, to act as though this was all done intentionally, I, 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 I just have a hard time believing that.
1: I don't buy the Vegas thing because I think it would have been news, just like him going to Atlantic City during the Eastern Conference Finals was news. Somebody's going to notice Michael Jordan down there the night before. Plus, I, I think if you're getting Jordan ready for, what was a Game 5 of the NBA Finals, you'd find some methods to help him get over a hangover pretty quick. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I think I I don't. Not sure. I believe either one of those stories. But.
1: I don't know if I I don't either. I I honestly, and I I think it's funny to think of a fan physically poisoning a player because it's just so unbelievably ridiculous. Yeah, that I, that is, see him.
4: He's wearing dark t- tails and he's got a oh, a, a pencil thin mustache and he's rubbing it with wax and yeah, It like just Boston it makes me just... laugh.
1: There, there's more to the story. I don't I don't know if the pizza poisoned him or. If something else, but I'm not, I'm not buying the Vegas thing. And uh, I don't know. Jordan himself said it wasn't the flu. That's the easiest story to go with. Right. He could just back it up. Say, yeah, I had the flu. But instead, he's throwing out this this poisoning.
4: Whatever he had, he sure, he sure recovered from it relatively quickly. Yeah, Sure did. Well, yeah, I mean, the way it was presented, he was like, I I, I was really waiting for the uh, the fife and drum. And you know the bandage across the head and uh, some sort of hero's tribute. Uh, I mean, he looked—he he he did look dogged. I will say this: something definitely looked wrong with him. Uh, But but the whole yeah, will do that to you. Somebody was concocting on purpose some way to Uh, get Michael Jordan. Is amazing. How did they they even know that it was Michael Jordan that was going to eat the pizza?
1: Who knows? They didn't. Good sleuthing.
5: The one time in his entire career, Jordan just visas the thing on his own visa. He says, "This is Michael Jordan. I'm at room 1201 in the <laughs> Marriott. The only, don't I'm don't the bother to one. knock. I'll leave the door open. <laughs>
4: bring bring. Uh, and I'm the only one who's going to eat this thing.
5: Nobody and else. Throw is some anchovies eat it. on there, will ya? Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, let's move on. We've Stupid. got uh, DJ and PK, who also discussed the docu series this morning, uh, talking about the push off.
6: Everybody say I pushed off. The man was, his energy was going that way. I didn't have to push him that way. Russell was already stumbling away. That hand on his backside was the equivalent of a mater d' showing someone to their table.
0: Michael Jordan and Bob Costas on The Push. The finale of The Last Dance, episodes 9 and 10, the Jazz got a lot of FaceTime and PK basically the storyline is Michael Jordan is unbelievably heroic. Look at this, and to tell that story, they don't really light up the other team. So Jazz fans are worried about the team getting bashed. No, most of the competitors are held up as pretty good players or the competitors. But look at what Jordan did—that was heroic to beat himself. So, Missed free throws or whatever else, bad calls, none of that comes up. It always comes down to the play-by-play of Jordan getting buckets.
7: Yeah, I think the push-off, though, came to a little bit. Obviously, he's sensitive to that because it's some form of criticism. It's implying that he couldn't have done what he did without some form of illegal act in the basketball sense. But other than that, I totally agree with you. I think what we saw is there's illegal acts all over the place at the end of
0: games, and the one time that NBA officials are consistent, they're not calling stuff at the end of games. They showed Stockton shot, and Malone's over there giving Drexler the old big bear hug. And then they show Reggie Miller getting free for a last-second shot, and he gave Jordan a big old shove. So... Little old love tap there on the hip to get Brian Russell it was a little off balance, but just to make sure he was all the way out of the way, nobody's gonna call that because
7: they just they don't call fouls at the end of games. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Well, I think that the a uh, couple things on that the uh, the two others that you mentioned, the Jordan push off would have been the least egregious of the three. Yeah, I can agree Also. That. It would have been the easiest shot of the three. I would label them Miller number one because he was running away from the basket. Mm-hmm. And he had to square up. It was a yeah. phenomenal shot on the circumstances. And then, obviously, Stockton's was a from a longer distance. And then Jordan's was basically, what, a little bit more than a free throw distance. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't argue that.
1: Thoughts there, Gordon? Yeah, I
4: mean, it was a little bit of, he, he touched him, but it, I don't think it really affected uh, Brian Russell's ability to, to hit the shot. The other shots, yeah, I mean, do the refs swallow the whistle sometimes? Yes, yeah, sometimes they do. And back then it looked like they did at times. And I do think the Jazz got jobbed on a couple of calls that Austin brought up earlier. It, it, it happens. But uh, I, I don't think it was that big a deal on that particular play. Um well, DJ was right. One, I think one that thing, they always. One thing that, pe- one thing that people forget is that there were five. Oh, there were five point two seconds left in that game, and Stockton could have won it, and he missed that shot. It was a tough shot. Do you think he got fouled on that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, five point two seconds. I might be tempted to take that if you said, okay, you need to score a basket. And you're and, 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 and you have the ball with five more than five seconds left, and uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that ball was inbounded at about half court, was it not?
1: mm-hmm
4: I mean, uh, you might even say that Stockton should have found a way to make that shot
1: well it, the reason the shot is such a controversy and everybody remembers it is because it should have been the last shot of Michael Jordan's career and that was this big iconic moment that was birthed out of the hype that is Michael Jordan. I mean, it was obviously a huge moment in the Jazz final finals appearance. There's no doubt that it was huge, but the fact that it was it was Michael's last shot made it iconic, iconic. And it's still iconic because it was his last shot as a bull. You know, I love it how the the docu series just failed to mention his uh, flat comeback as a Washington Wizard, which was, you know, nothing spectacular, and his failures as an NBA owner, which are, uh, you know, ongoing. So I'm uh, curious that they didn't mention that. But, I mean, the shot, it, it it put the exclamation point on his career. It was it. It was it was him going off into the sun, which is pretty amazing, but, you know, painful for jazz fans. I think that's the reason that the such a big deal is made of it.
4: Do uh, you go along with Bob Costas that that was the greatest 41 seconds of uh, play you've ever seen out of a a player?
1: I don't really like grandiose statements like that because, frankly, I don't rely on my own memory that much. You know, what am I forgetting? But, I mean, it's pretty incredible.
4: It was. For him to score, and the Jazz defense on that play was horrible, by the way, when Jordan scored and cut it to one. But then the Jazz at the offensive end, like we were talking about, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They got the the ball to their main man on the low block. And Carl didn't see Jordan coming. And Jordan steals it and then goes down and he hits a shot. That 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 I mean, that was that's storybook stuff for Michael Jordan. I mean, but he it's hard to argue that he didn't deserve it considering he, he planned that thing. You could see that he did that on purpose. And, and Carl was clueless about that. And he got the ball taken away from him. You give me the Jazz with a one-point lead and Carl Malone with the ball with 18 seconds to go and on the low block, uh, I think I like the Jazz's chances a whole lot in that situation. The only way the Jazz lose is through greatness. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Now, Joey Crawford on Twitter. Not that Joey Crawford, I don't think. But uh, the the (laughs) avatar does have a a referee in it. But uh, he says uh, Stockton didn't let Jordan clear on that possession. That turnover's on him. Huh. I could see that. You replay that. I mean, Jordan didn't clear. He didn't even pretend like he was going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. But yet around here we usually blame Carl, not John, right? That's Well
4: I mean, let's think about that for a second. I, I did notice that last night again. That 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 was sort of a situation where Stockton did deliver the ball in a way that, that uh, uh, whether, I'd have to look at it again, I guess, to to see if he should have waited longer. How much time was on the shot clock? Do we know that?
1: I, I'm i not sure. But that that would, um, some of Carl's behavior on that play, that would explain some stuff. I mean, how many times has John thrown Carl that pass? You know, thousands and thousands, right? And I'm sure John let that player clear each and every time. I, I bet you Carl didn't even think about it. Hmm. Well, obviously he didn't think about it. He didn't see Michael. Yeah. So maybe he said it was relying on John that John wouldn't throw that pass unless it was clear. Is that the better play, the
4: Michael Jordan stripping the ball or the shot? Well, the, in tandem,
1: just unbelievable. Well, the stripping I mean, the ball was an incredible play. Yeah, There's almost. no doubt about it.
4: I mean, because it was it was what had to happen. Either he, he steals the ball or he waits for Carl Malone to miss
1: the shot. Right. Or and, and and the game could be over from that range. I mean, Carl got that pretty deep.
5: Yeah, he did. But he the got, shot sells just, shoes. The, the defense doesn't
1: correct that is correct well i mean look at the the players outside of maybe kobe bryant that the jordan era inspired we went through uh, you know star upon star that just didn't play defense but thought that they were michael jordan right
4: mm-hmm. yeah well how many times is jordan all nba defensive first team i mean it was a
1: lot he was a great defender might not have even been the best defender on his team that might be pippin but he was a great defender
4: Robbed him when the bad defender. Either. Oh,
1: correct. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great defensive uh, team. That Bulls team.
4: Uh, okay, so you have that. You have all that happen. Let's go back to the 5.2 seconds left. The ball inbounded, uh, and and, and uh, Stockton had a chance to win the game. Uh, man, that would have that would have eclipsed his shot, probably against Houston.
1: Oh yeah, certainly would have. Well, it depends. Uh, even maybe if they went another, on to, there was
4: another game left. Yeah, if they I went mean,
1: on to lose, then maybe not.
4: If, if Jordan had gotten the ball with 5.2 seconds left, do the Bulls win? If I, if I were to create that scenario in reverse, the Jazz are up uh, one, and uh, they give the ball to uh, Michael Jordan with 5.2 seconds left, do you think the Bulls win?
1: I don't know, because Michael made a lot of those shots, but he also missed some. And strangely, we didn't see any of those in this documentary. What a he surprise. He misses
4: some, but he doesn't seem to miss them a whole lot in, in huge scenarios.
1: Well, we'd have to go back and pick apart his entire career.
4: I remember once seeing a quote from Michael Jordan. He said, I've, I've missed like 750 game winning shots or something. He was uh, must have been in a moment. Didn't
1: you know he miss a he... game winner in that series? Or am I not remembering that correctly?
4: I'm not 100% sure. All right. Uh, uh, but uh, well, if you look at the scores, the the first one was 88-85. The second one was 93-88. Uh, so, the, I mean, they're all, except for game three, which was an absolute blowout, the Jazz lost game four, 86-82 and they uh, remarkable one of the best the best game I think I've ever seen the the toughest best moment game I ever saw the Jazz win was probably game five in Chicago I was there I saw the atmosphere the Jazz could not win that game and they did 83-81 and then uh, then we just talked about game six which was set up very nicely and the Jazz lose that game by one so man they had their opportunities, and they could, not, they could not close out. And I really do, I do sort of blame the leadership of the Jazz on the floor. I'm talking about the star players. Those are the guys who have to come through in those moments. And Michael Jordan did, and Stockton and Malone did not.
1: All right, we'll have more uh, Big Show coming up next. Uh, we did not get to a bite from DJ and PK. Let's get to that coming up right around the corner. Uh, those guys talked about Major League Baseball making their return, and Major League Baseball has put out a plan, which is really more than any other sport has, has done, and we'll hear what those guys had to say about it and give our own thoughts as well. That's coming up next right here on the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. <laughs> Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The debate over the poisoning even is spilling over into the breaks now. Gordon's <laughs> Gordon's going sleuth on this thing. He's going to get to the bottom of it one way or another. Well, We need to know. We need to know what happened. Uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. We didn't get to this clip in what's going on, Gordon, but uh, I think it's a worthwhile discussion. Major League Baseball so far has been the most, uh, uh, I guess, it has the, the most thorough plan out on their return and what exactly they're going to do. How many how many pages was it, Austin? 63 or 5 in there somewhere. Uh, basically laying out the protocol on what they're going to do and how they're gonna, going to operate. Mostly what you cannot do Yeah, Right. No sunflower seeds anymore. No chewing tobacco. No spitting. <laughs> no spitting. Spitting in no, no, no baseball no is gone. No
5: spitting, no licking your fingers, no using your face as part of the signs from third base to home or anywhere else. What
1: about uh, loading the ball up with sunscreen? That's still good? That's still Is advised, that, actually. That's yeah. still mm-hmm. a thing, right? Where they have oh, uh,
4: sandpaper in the pocket, that's allowed.
5: little jalapeno in your nostril. Just put with the snot umps are, going. if
1: the umps are oh. watching me close
5: they did also it also said the the base the fielders are encouraged to stay
1: away from the base runners which advantage base runners yeah i don't know how that one's going to go i'd Run tag spray you spray out,
5: spray out but hey next. i can't I don't, it's, you those, know that's the rules.
1: that's one of the funnier scenes in the naked gun right when he goes up to the mound and the guy's got like a power sander under <laughs> his yes. hat or whatever <laughs> pretty pretty hilarious and he gives them all back to the guy and says all right play ball <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, David and Pat, we're talking about it this morning. Let's listen
0: in. Major League Baseball uh, owners, the commissioner's office, put together a presentation for the union, and it said that the prorated salaries would contribute to an average loss of $640,000 for each game over an 82-game season in empty ballparks. Yeah. So they, basically, the players feel like they already took a big hit because they cut their salaries in half because half the games have gone away. But the owners are saying, yeah, these other games, these other 80, 82 games, whatever it is they end up playing, aren't going to be as valuable as they originally were because we're not going to have people at the games, tickets, parking, concessions, merchandising, all going to take a hit. And the players, balking at the second round, I think they'll do it. I think they're just probably negotiating over how big a hit they're going to take. What what percentage of the TV and radio contracts worth? Because that's what they're playing for now. That's where they're going to make their money.
7: Well, there's no question they're going to take a hit, but I don't necessarily know that every single game is going to have zero fans in it for that's in,
0: in the entirety of the rest of the season. Seems like in a 50,000-seat stadium, you could sell one luxury suite and two seats out in the bleachers. So then the question is, well, could you sell two seats in left field and two in right field? And then two behind first base and two behind third base. And really, you could do four luxury suites and space. I mean, so, you really, again, you're negotiating, like, what's the tipping point? What's the balance?
7: Right. And I really think at that point, there'd be tremendous pressure on you to participate in the WAVE because they could literally see, hey, wait a second, you didn't do it. You did not stand up. We know who you are. And you are a party pooper. So the pressure to do the wave, I think, goes up exponentially. While the wave is an entertaining
0: example, the fact is when the stadium isn't shoulder-to-shoulder people, which I don't see us getting back to that, but there's some middle ground I think we are going to get back to, but in these empty stadiums you can hear stuff. So in a soccer game yesterday, you could hear specific trash tack on the field. That would make uh, I don't know. Might I don't know. Now Jordan would probably say it. Jordan said some pretty crazy stuff to Larry Bird, <laughs> but it was a little. It was a little uh, worse than that. So you hear specific stuff out there. Careful, well, people. Soccer. What more would you yell other than spread out? Uh, I'll tell yock, but it had something to do with a grandma, and it was uh, I don't know. Oh but, dear. Yeah. Right.
1: Grandma smack. That's the worst of all smack talk. Let's leave the grandmothers out you of this. You mean smack tack. <laughs> did, oh. or, you know, there's little off limits when it comes to to smack talk. I realize the your mama jokes are are big, but let's leave the let's leave the grandmothers out of this. What do the grandmas so, do? So, if
4: they, so it, it, <laughs> I don't know about the grandma thing. <laughs> That, that part about the wave was pretty funny in fact you could reinvent the wave just have one guy in the stand waving
1: okay alright uh, what do you think about Major League Baseball uh, coming back and what they're trying to do
4: uh, I, I, I understand uh, that they're, that they're doing they're coming up with these ideas I, I just I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it you know I, I, I don't know uh because I think the players are pretty stubborn about this whole thing and uh I really I really don't know, Jake. I, I think they're trying to get the product back on the field, but I don't know whether it's gonna happen or not.
1: I think it will. I, I think we're headed in, in that direction. And yes, the the deal with the players is gonna be a big obstacle. We'll see what, yes. what comes of that. I What do I, you think of I, it? Do you
4: think that's fair what they're saying? that you split it 50 cuz you're only having half the games but then you're going to split it some more you're going to cut some more out because of the because of the fan situation
1: yeah it's easy to say if, for me to say it's fair but i mean if i came at it from a different perspective i mean it, the the players don't want to set a precedent and i certainly get that now these are trying times so mm-hmm. you know we we all as we've talked about so much we've all got to be a little bit flexible but what i appreciate from what what major league baseball is doing is it, we're going to have to do this with all sports. We're going to have to formulate a plan and policies. And, you know, whether you think uh, the 67 pages of stuff Major League Baseball sent down is useful or not. But there, there's going to have to be this framework for all sports. And I'd like that at least Major League Baseball is is proceeding with a plan. And and the I guess this is in, encouraging, maybe? Uh, what stands in the way of Major League Baseball returning isn't necessarily COVID-19. Isn't yeah. that isn't that almost uplifting in a weird way? <laughs> like like what's gonna prevent this thing is not necessarily COVID nineteen. It's I, I agreeing on good, the pie.
4: Ugly, yeah, I love I love a good, ugly labor dispute.
1: I'd take it over this.
4: <laughs> well, obviously it's what's causing it, but uh, uh now you get into the, the, the dirty little details and that 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 is the end result.
5: Give me professional sports greed every
1: day over COVID-19. <laughs> but, but here's the thing with the NBA is the NBA is going to have to do this. They have been. I, I'm fine with the the way the NBA is handling it and has handled it. So don't take this as a criticism. A criticism, but at some point, Adam Silver is going to have to lay out the the structure of how things are going to work when uh, and if the NBA season can be finished. He's going to have to do it, and it's going to have to be sooner rather than later, uh, because pl- a tremendous amount of planning goes into it. And of course, uh, all these conversations, Gordon. It, it's safety first, but the NBA is eventually going to have to do. Do this And you hope that they don't have the labor issues that Major League Baseball is having, which I don't think they will, but at some point, and and we even thought this could be two weeks ago, right, Gordon, when they, they had the conference call with the players, but at some point, they're going to have to say, this is when camps can open, this is what we're going to do, this is where we're going to play. I mean, I was thinking about uh, Bowler today, because we're having Bowler on at the top of the five o'clock hour, if they're going to try and finish out the regular season so the regional networks can air you know, 70 games so that the teams can get their money? Does that mean that we get some sort of NBA TV feed or a Bowler and harpering going to be there, you know? Like, these these details have to be laid out at some point in the near future for the NBA.
4: Yes, and how what will that look like? How will the what reception of that be? I mean, we, we talked all last week about whether the players really wanted to get back and play, and we got some indications that they do, but do they really... Under these circumstances, uh, that, that that is yet to, for us to see.
1: Well, and according I, to Chris Paul, they're all on board. I, yeah. I don't think we've seen anything official, but but you brought this up last week. I mean, how can you really make it official if you don't know what you're agreeing to? <laughs> that's, that's a good point. And I maybe yeah. some players are, are not concerned at all, and some players are really concerned. We we heard on this station last uh, last week. Joe Ingles hasn't returned to work out yet, and didn't sound real comfortable. George Niang. Been working out a ton. So, I mean, we, we, we see that. But if if Joe Ingles, for example, and we're just using him uh, as, a, as a hypothetical for a second, I, I would imagine before Joe Ingles re- agrees to return to play, he's got to know what he's agreeing to. Yeah. Yeah,
4: it's got to be laid out. And in some ways, I like the fact that the NBA has has taken its time to get to that point because they they're trying to be as certain as one can be under these circumstances – before they lay out the plan, well, and I, I think that's that's wisdom. I I don't even know if a plan should be laid out. I still don't know that, so I, I get it, and I and I actually admire it because I think anybody who's trying to jump to that so quickly—that's and that's why so many people with college football who are taking this attitude, but that government, this is going to happen. I I don't know. I I don't know whether that's the right attitude. To,
1: um, well, I think at some point you've got to have that attitude. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but you've got to proceed at some point. Because think about this, that if, if you're going to delay the start of next year till December, which is kind of what we've heard batted about, right, and, and push back next year's season, well, you've got to finish this year's season by September, right, at the latest, and if your playoffs are going to take a month and a half, I mean, we, we can all do the math going backwards. And if you're going to need a, you know, three weeks to get ready for whatever the conclusion of the season is, I mean, we can, we can do the math as far as time goes, Gordon, at some point in the next couple of weeks. And, and Silver, by the way, what did he say on that call in the next two to four weeks is the timeline he laid out? You know, that's that's probably about right. Because if they're going to do something, the, the time window is is not getting bigger. So they're going to have to release or tell the players, I don't know if they release, I guess, but they're going to have to tell the players what they plan to do sometime soon.
4: Yeah, I agree with all of that. I just think if they come to a point where they where they responsibly feel like it can go forward, then okay. But if you can't, then don't.
1: Oh, They're going to find uh, a way. If, if all these sports are coming back and the NBA doesn't? We'll see. No, they're, I mean, it, it's either I, it's not going to be official all or nothing because I don't think all the leagues are going to be on the same page. But it's it's going to kind of be all or nothing.
4: But then I get back to the OK, what if there is an uptick? What if you have numerous players getting sick? What 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 what's going to happen then? It's that, that's why I think they are as it is wise of them to wait to the last minute before they come to a conclusion. Because getting to that conclusion too quickly and then having it backfire will be worse than if you never went back at all, in my opinion.
1: Well, Silver talked about that a little bit, right? They're going to do what the UFC did uh, they're going to pull the players off the line, test everybody they had contact with, and isolate those that need isolating.
4: But then you get back to the whole idea of what are you going to test everybody and how many times are you going to have to test them. I've seen estimates in Major League Baseball. They're going to have to test like thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And that's what we want to see, right? Where's your plan? Yeah, as long as there's enough tests for the people out there who are actually having symptoms and are sick and all of that is available to everybody who needs it.
1: Well, it's not that standard. Isn't going to be met by the time they have to start these seasons. But everybody, then
4: then it's a bad look.
1: Everybody seems to be okay with it, and the the loophole they're using is like what the magic said about how they're testing everybody that's coming back to their facility. They're doing it because there are enough tests out there for frontline workers and people that really need it. And so, are there though? uh, I'm not sure that that's been fully established. It depends on your community. I mean, I told you, uh, my, my grandmother back in Virginia, and their, her county's uh, become kind of a hot spot. They, they tested asymptomatic people. So it is well, happening. It, it's happening it, here. I've got a buddy that uh, went into the Test Utah thing and got te- tested asymptomatically. So, it, I mean, it's that threshold, and they're being really sensitive to it.
4: But It has to be prevalent. It has to be uh, for, for rank and file citizens of the US of A.
1: Well, it's prevalent it's pretty prevalent now. I'm not saying it's to that level cuz it's it's not, but I mean if people want to get tested, they probably can. I mean, they all they're all but telling you to fabricate symptoms now. I'm not encouraging people to do that, but they can't give the all green light, but they if you watch those press conferences, they're essentially <laughs> saying like you know, if, Have you blinked more than twice in a minute? Then you probably on ought to in, get yeah. tested. Yeah.
4: I, I really think that these are serious, serious questions that need to be truly looked at by the experts, by the medical experts, before you just start making financial decisions uh, without that input. Uh, I, I think it's that important because if it, if there is a second wave, if there are complications that come up, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if a player gets sick? Then you're going to quarantine that player. But what about all the players that have been exposed to that player? What about their families? What you know? How? How? What about all the support staff in place?
1: You're gonna have. You're gonna have to test everybody. But uh, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from here. But Gordon, does it give you any sort of uh, optimism that uh, Gavin Newsom got on board with Sports Today? I mean, he's been. Amongst the most uh, restrictive, right as far as governors go.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, these I get. The, it's, uh, there is a political, there is a, an economic, uh kind of pressure coming to bear here. I just, uh, I just think those who are are the medical experts should truly be listened to, and I hope they're being listened to. And and I understand that there's a cost. I understand that this is hurting people's lives. I get that. But man, if this thing comes back, and you uh, know, in a, in a way that hit with the force that the first time round did, and people are dying because of it, I, 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 I just think that they need to be extremely careful with it. And I know there are people out there who disagree with that. They say, ah, the heck with it, let's just get going. Uh, I, I mean, I can't get myself to be as cavalier. As that when it comes to, to people's lives.
1: Well, Major League Baseball laid out 67 pages worth of stuff, so yeah. that's pretty thorough.
5: But uh, it wasn't 70, Jake.
1: True. All right, coming up next, we have a Mountain America market update. Stay tuned. Uh, Chris Mannix at the top of the four o'clock hour, bowler at five. This is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
0: So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve-eighty. The Zone. It's time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend TJ Walk with us back on the Big Show. TJ, what's happening? How are you?
6: Hey guys, I'm doing great. Love the uh, the Frankie Valley intro there. That's wonderful. That oh, was what all, a night.
1: I was all Gordon today. He wanted to hear a little Frankie <laughs> Valley. Uh, let's, talk Thanks, about the, let's talk about the markets. Yeah, we're not. off to uh, we're off to a good start this week.
6: We sure are. I mean, you saw the Dow was up uh, almost 4% today, and the S&P was up over 3%, so you had... Uh, a lot of optimism in the markets recently. Uh, a lot of people saw Jerome Powell's interview last night on 60 Minutes, in which he stated that uh, that by no means they're out of ammunition, and uh, they don't really have any limits on what they can do to help the economy move forward. It seems to have instilled quite a bit of confidence in the American people, um, as well as hopes of the vaccination that are still being talked about, and uh, uh, that seems to have given people a reason to believe that things are moving in the right direction. So, great day in the markets.
4: So, when when you have these great days, but then you have some down days, do you have any advice for our listeners or potential investors on how best to handle that?
6: I would say look at the long-term trends. Um, you know, you look at the way that the markets have moved in in history, and the markets have consistently had more good days or good months or good years than bad days and bad months and bad years. We tend to as people just kind of feel the bad days a lot more than the good days. So I mean for example last year the market took off and it was it was wonderful but I think a lot of us tend to revert back to what it feels like when things are not as good. Um, which is very normal. It's, it's part, of, uh, part of investing. It's part of having emotions and such. But uh, my, my thought on that would be this, is just to know that long-term, uh, keep your mind focused for the future and to continue to, to do the next thing. Do the next thing. Stay invested. Stay committed to your plan. Um, Just because you have a bad day, or the market has a bad month, or or things don't go in the right direction for a little bit, shouldn't derail us from where we're trying to end up long term. Because you're never going to have a a winning day. You're never going to go 82 and 0. The 72 Dolphins, the only team to ever go undefeated, but uh, you know you're going to have some bumps along the way and still be successful. So stick with it. Bad times don't last so when the uh when the dolphins
4: when when the market uh, is going really strong, but it reaches a point where they have one down day do the seventy two dolphins get together for their champagne toast
6: to, I would uh, say that they're the only ones who can really uh say, you know what we're the only guys who achieve perfection, <laughs> and uh you know the uh the Don Shulas and the Larry zonkas and and those guys, big respect to them because that feat has still yet to be accomplished in any realm uh, on the professional level. So, yeah, I'm sure they're they're down in Miami, all of them still having a, a toast.
1: <laughs> TJ, you're the best. Thank <laughs> you very much for jumping on with us. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. There you go. Our friend TJ Walk from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America Market Update.
5: The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible.
1: All right, we've got Chris Mannix joining the show. Coming up next, your NBA Daily Assist. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.